pug owner, pig owner, and former tape salesman, Mario Andretti. If, uh, <laughs> that's it. Uh, if you could describe this dinner in one word, what would it be? You guys really suck. But, but, <laughs> but in the right word. way. In the right way. Oh, okay. Right okay. Okay. I guess. That, that still wasn't one word. Okay. Assholes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley, alongside my co-host, Sean Heckman. And we are driving from Charlotte, North Carolina, down to Atlanta to wrap up day 34 of season three. Now we've driven 13,000 miles across 25 states to bring you 29 episodes. And this one might be the biggest name we've ever had to date. And we were so excited to get him, none other than Mario Andretti. Mario Andretti. Now, if you need us to do a background on Mario Andretti and you listen to this podcast, you probably want to listen to something else. He is possibly the greatest of all time. He's up there with the likes of Gurney, AJ Foyt, and you know all the rest. Now, we couldn't believe we got Mario to sit down with us. What a cool guy. They say never meet your heroes. If your hero is Mario Andretti, please go meet him. Uh, I haven't had a drink of alcohol in two decades right but i drank wine and this isn't a joke i legitimately had a glass of wine you had a glass of what kind of wine oh andretti wine that's right uh i had the cat was it 2014 cab yeah and uh so now when i drink i only drink with mario andretti it'll be in sean's bio on twitter uh but beyond me drinking uh we talk about pretty much everything such as forcing your wife to have a steady job <laughs> we learned about piggies, uh, pug hotels, <laughs> ripping off mechanics, and of course, taping Bobby Unser to a porta potty. Who hasn't done that? Yeah. Now it's worth mentioning. Mario gave us an insane amount of time for this one, and like a few others, uh, he gave us so much time that we're actually not going to be able to fit everything he talked about in this hour and a half episode. So if you liked what you heard, then uh, just go ahead and listen to the next episode because that's going to be part two because we basically just kind of split the dinner in half so you could hear almost everything we talked about. But in any case, we uh, we headed out on National Boyfriend Day <laughs> to uh, I'm sorry, the Mario. Blue Grill House in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I had the shrimp and scallops and a glass of Andretti wine. And I also had a glass of Andretti wine to go with my chicken sandwich. Well, nothing compliments a chicken sandwich like a lovely cab for 2014, Sean. But none of this would have been possible without having an amazing car in the Acura MDX taking us down, driven, of course, by Dario Franchitti. Yeah, yeah, and that was me. We know. Good job, buddy. Uh, but finally, this entire thing, including meeting with Mario Andretti, is made possible by our sponsor. Continental Tire. Also, huge thanks to uh, the great Dan Layton for uh, helping us hook this up. Danimal. As well as uh, Mario's assistant, Peggy. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two, one.
Hey, there he is. Hey, what's going on? How's it going, Sean? Nice to meet you, man. Hey, Mario, I'm Ryan. Nice to meet you, sir, as well. Take a seat. So, wow. So, welcome to the big time. Set. Yeah. You've made it. You've made it. Yeah, we're uh, we're lucky. Let's get you. Let's get a headset on you. Yeah, let's get right into yeah. it. Yeah, this is I think officially day eight of our trip, but it already feels like we're in our second month. Uh, so, uh, oh, day eight. Day eight. Okay, what's the whirlwind? Where? Uh, let's, Roughly. Uh, let's pull the mic up a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, perfect. That's All it. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, it started in. Uh, oh, do you want to get something to drink going real quick? Yeah, what are we going to order? Uh, they you're, have Andretti wine here. Yeah, you know. I've heard. And I've, like, and what wine is that? Andretti. Huh. Andretti wine. Do you just say me wine? Like me wine. It's a me wine. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean doesn't drink, but he said he'd have a glass of wine if Mario asked him if to have you, a glass of if wine. If you say, Sean, you have to drink, I'll drink. Okay. So let's bring a cab. Oh, boy. Okay. okay. This is excellent. This is okay. So you're, you're saying I have to drink. You have to drink. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Boom. Uh, we can't do it ourselves, right, Ryan? I mean, we're drivers. You know what I yeah. mean? We can't. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll try. We we'll get through drink it. it. Yeah. No, he's got to give us a hand here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's things? <laughs> things are good. Yeah. How about you? I'm hanging in there. How's, yeah. Yeah, we're hanging in there. We're doing okay. How's that NSX and all that? It is uh, It's a handful. I was just going to say, what, what are we lacking there? Downforce? Uh, a little more development time. More development time. You know, when you look at it, and this, everybody swears it's a PR answer, but it's it's real. If you look at, like, the Ferrari 488, it yeah. had a 458 before that. Right. The Audi R8 has an R8 right. before that. We're coming from the TLX to the NSX. Nothing translated. Right, right. So maybe another year of just, like, tinkering with it and getting it going. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe have you come drive it for us and tell Car us. Car really looks good. Yeah, it's, it looks the place for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looks the part. We'd love to have you come drive it and tell us what we're doing wrong. Sure, sure. <laughs> no problem. You know, I don't think you have to ask me too many times. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you always have helmet in hand everywhere you go, just in case? It's pretty ready. All right. Yeah. 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 Do you yeah. want to drive the NS uh, the yeah, uh, MDX? You know, I'm, uh, you know, Michael. Uh, now and then, <clears throat> he's looking for a cheap driver, you know, to do some testing, and uh, especially the high speed testing that he that we do down in Florida. Sure. So uh, uh, he'll uh, say, "Hey, Dad." Uh, I say, "Sure." What the heck, you know? So and do you do it? Have a blast, yeah. Go down okay. there and have a blast, yeah. Is, is that like on a runway or? It's uh, yeah. It's actually on the main runway in Cape Canaveral yeah, where right. they, uh, you know, they do all the shuttles and shuttle landings because it's so perfect. Right. And what you do, you get the repeated run. I mean, you get uh, all the information. It's actually better in a wind tunnel because. Uh, you get a real-life uh, crosswinds, sure, and, right. yeah. you, you know, you can look at yaw, you can look at all the effects, uh, and, it, and it's fun, and uh, and I get the good stuff, I get the high-speed stuff, yeah, you know, exactly. not, not the road racing <laughs> stuff, <laughs> I get the high-speed, <laughs> I get the super speedway stuff, it's anywhere, you know, from 220 to 240, every run, you know, nice. so... Yeah. Uh, and, and it's it's uh yeah it it's something you know just to I just love to get in uh, you know a now uh, a modern racing car sure. whenever possible. Uh, Formula One car is coming. Eric Bouyer promised me. Oh so, no. You know sooner or later you know I want to be in a current Formula One car yeah. as well. Yeah. 
you know, before I hang up my helmet, which will be another 20 years. Because yeah, you haven't really <coughs> retired. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Just, uh, you know, just get out of a phase of it, you yeah. know. But no, in my own mind, you know, I just, uh, I find it to me, uh, I find that when I'm in direct, even a two-seater, it's my element. Right. And all my aches and pains go away. Yeah. You know, I it just really works for me, you know, in every way. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if, how to quantify that. You know, a lot of people say, okay, you're born to do that. Um, I was born not to be pleased with anything else, quite honestly. Right. I don't know if that's smart or not, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to even ask my wife that, you know, because yes. she may have uh, the answer that I don't want to hear. But, right. Uh, right. but uh, it's just, um, you know. Uh, it's been my rodeo, you know, for so long, and um, um, I enjoy every minute of it. I, you know, I hear thanks to Honda too for um, uh, the program that they have in place because uh, I have, um, you know, uh, I get the premium car. Oh you yeah, know what yeah, I mean. I get the good yeah, car. Yeah. I got the latest and greatest there with the Indy experience, and I love working with those guys right, because yeah. uh, they're true, true racer. I mean, these guys are it's all, a, all have had teams, you yeah. know, it's a race team. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and the best part is that uh, they know what I enjoy, and so they let me play with the car, right. you know. So we get it really right. We, yes. ju we just had lunch with Craig Hampson the other day, yeah. and he was giving you a little bit of, of a hard time because he said you put those guys through the ringer doing the setup changes and whatnot on the two-seater. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> we're limited with what uh they you know what to work with however the cars really respond well because even as long as the car is the cadence, so you, you know yeah. wheelbase wise and so forth you know the the tub is extremely you know typical rigid yeah. so and the car really responds yeah. uh so and i love just uh you know to, and i get it this year especially i really got it good everywhere right like a pocono the first day not so good, you know. And uh, overnight, I just uh, dan dan dan, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I was going through a setup. So on the on, on the two seater, you're going to bed every night, going, "How do I? How do we do this?" Yeah, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> how, do, how do we get? You know. So um, and and so the next day, you know, I just bam bam. I says, uh, Joe, I said we need to do this, this, and that. Yeah, okay. And bingo. Right. I mean, it was really good. Um, give it, you know, really a good ride. Yeah. Uh, so, again, and then, uh, of course, on the road courses, I get the qualifying tires. Oh, you have to. I get the <laughs> you have to. The Firestone <laughs> <the> fire <laughs> Reds. <laughs> nothing less than that. Right. That's awesome. You know, so Firestone, obviously, is accommodating my wishes. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, again, you know, uh, obviously, depending on the layout, you know, but uh, uh, take a place like uh, Watkins Glen. Sure. That is a hell of a ride. Yeah, especially just repaved it too. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, there was a guy was timing uh, the bus stop uh -huh. there, and I was. Uh, it says you know some life depending on the passenger. I was as quick as the. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I was really, I was really hustling it through there. Right. The poor passenger I had to be bang bang because I was just really banging. Sure, the well, curbs, you're going you for know? it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you pick who gets in the back, or do they pre No, no, no. Because I, I could see you going, okay, who's the lightest one in the line? Uh, if it yeah. was up to me, I would have all 80-pounders, all you right, know? Right, right. Give, give me that kid or that little lady right Girls, there. Girls, yeah, yeah, I want a little girl right there. You know? 
<laughs> and uh, no, no, they uh, actually because of the size of the car, uh, it uh, because it was a purpose built. Uh, some of the others that they have, obviously, it's just a stretch version of right, the right. existing car, so uh, they're not as comfortable. But uh, my car uh, is really you could put a walrus in there, right. you know, and uh, and and. Uh, and we, I, I get those. I get. Uh, Sometimes I look at. It, I think, oh man, I got three, three, three fuel loads on here. I said, oh, I said, no wonder, you know. <laughs> look, sector times are down. Look who got out of the oh, car. Oh, that's why. Yeah. That was a hippo, you know. Just got out of my car, you know. So <laughs> yeah, maybe Off we get to a those. good start. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's. Uh, now, do you and the other two seat like Lion Dyke and these guys? Are you all competing for lap times? I mean, is there a little bit of a oh, this mother effort? You know, we're not supposed to, but we are. You no, think we're right. Right. Yeah, yeah. right, we are. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. uh, it's all you know. Everybody there, that's like you know, they're all racers. You right. Know? Yeah, right. So, uh, and and that's the fun of it, you know, that that we have and. And they try like hell to separate us so we don't do any overtaking, which we will do, well, you yeah, know, yeah, if necessary, you know. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, you got to make it fun for us as well, for sure. you know. Otherwise, it would be too damn boring, and then you fall asleep. Yeah, it, you know. So, uh, but but it, it's I, I love that program. Yeah. I just truly smart. truly do. And uh, and I'm all in. Obviously, uh, you know, with a hundred commitment. You know, basically, it's, uh, you know, to give some rides to some celebrities and so on and so forth and then start the race. But uh, I'm there right from the very beginning of the weekend. Right. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. So I'm totally familiar with everything. And uh, because I think uh, even to start the race, you know, it's a responsibility. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got, you know, you got sticker tie, which you obviously want, you know, but you got to know what's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. And the passenger, whoever it is. You want to give them as good a ride as yeah. possible. You can't just ride around. Oh yeah, right. I just I, you know, I tried not to leave anything on the table, <laughs> and, that's, and, and that, that's really quite honestly, right? right that that that's my satisfaction, yeah. you know, yeah. ultimately. And uh, so there it is. I get some dudes back there. And say, hey man, you know, really stand on it, really go fast, you know. As well. <laughs> Everybody gets the same ride. Right. Yeah, I don't just pick, okay, I really go quick. Now I'm going to go for it. Everybody right. gets the same ride. Right. I have no idea. To me, uh, ultimately, they're all faceless back there. Yeah. You know, but I, right. you know. Have you ever looked at him and just gone, hey, I'm Mario Andretti, <laughs> and just leave it at that? No, I mean, oh. uh, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I need to do that. But uh, uh, but again, you know, it's uh, I'm very fortunate that... Uh, um, you know, besides the fact that uh, obviously uh, we have skin in the game, you know, with Michael, the yeah. team, and then Marco, obviously. Uh, so uh, that will always keep me interested, uh, and I would want to be as close as possible. Right. But um, I'm one of those that uh, I have to have a sense of purpose going to a race, sure. you know, even though it is with them and watching them. I can't just be a spectator and right. just you know i have the camera in my hand and all right. that stuff yeah, you know yeah. it just uh, doesn't work right you know so this is perfect for me that um, you know i have i'm busy i have things to do uh and then at the same time you know i just uh obviously i i'm there to be as close as possible and watch what uh, what they're doing right. and, and and try to enjoy now did work. michael set this up so that you would get out of his hair <laughs> uh, very possible, actually, you know, because uh, that's very true. You know, you tell Michael, you know, he says, hey, I, I know he tells the guys, you know, uh, dad means well, you know, but, but, you know, 
Don't let him disrupt things. <laughs> I know. I, I know what he says to them. Right. I can read it in the in their eyes. You know, yeah. when I come around, you know, kind of roll their eyes a little bit. Right. You know. But has uh, has he ever said on a professional race weekend, Dad? He he has done that, and especially when Marco was coming on the scene. Sure. Uh, he, uh, I could tell that he warned everybody, <laughs> and then then he tell me he says, Dad, just you know, don't be so demanding or, you know, uh, don't have such high expectations and all that, you know, right. and kind of uh, relax a little bit. Um, and I did all that, of course. I obeyed him. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> For a little while. Now, you don't have to tell us how much. Do they pay you to drive the two-seater? Well, uh, Honda, yeah, I do have a contract with Honda. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was wondering about yeah. that. If you were like, yeah, okay, I, I need, I need, I need my rate here, guys, and they're like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's no, no, it's uh, it's got to be business deal. Yeah, you know, okay, but, I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah. yeah, is it you possible know, that you're works. still the highest paid IndyCar car driver? It, it might be right. It could be. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's the unfortunate thing. Right, actually, it's the you know. truth, right? I don't want to belittle that because I mean. The series is so phenomenal, you yeah. know, and uh, I'm fighting every day for these guys, quite honestly, uh, because, uh, I mean, I know uh, where we were. I know the wealth that was in the series back in the 90s, yeah. especially, and uh, we need to get back, you know, there are deserves <coughs> to get back there because uh, Indy right now has the product. They yeah. really, really do. I mean, overall, if you look at the quality of the teams right down the line, and the potential they all have, you know, look who's winning races, right. you know what I mean? It's it's not just, okay, you know, Roger gets his licks in and everything else, and, and Ganassi and Michael, but, but you got others that have a shot at it, which is not, you know, something that we've seen in the past. Right. right. You know, so from that standpoint, you can see it's healthy. Then you got the talent, the drivers. Oh, yeah. You look at the... the the whole field, a lot of drivers, uh, the, the up and coming ones, you know, we have, uh, you know, it's good to have so many America, which which yeah. we do through the feeder series, uh, but also the veterans that are there, the ones that are the best known, the ones that obviously um, have, uh, you know, records now that go up in, you know, like, <laughs> like Scott Dixon right. like in the top five all time. Yeah. I mean, it's still young enough, you know, to really be around a long time. So the quality is really there. Yeah. And uh, and the characters, I mean, they really are neat guys. Yeah. I get to know them even more because uh, Marco, one thing I like about Marco is um, that there's very uh, good camaraderie be between him and all the other drivers. Right. And, and he brings three, four guys here around. He brings them up to the lake, you sure. know, so we just kick ass up there right. and stuff like that. <laughs> and... Uh, and and uh or to his house and 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 you get to know these dudes and and uh they're really really uh, uh guys they're quotable they're uh, i mean good looking dudes and talent plus yeah. you know so they have all those qualities we just uh, uh need to have probably um more aggressive um uh work by the part of uh the spin doctors in, in IndyCar, you know, to promote these, right, these guys. Right. Uh, and one thing that I've seen, however, you know, uh, in that respect is uh, the the promotion, so much work that they've done with the champion now with Joseph yeah, right. Newgarden since the championship. <coughs> that's the most that I've seen in, you know, 
the <laughs> in the last maybe 10, 12 years right, right. to have a, a champion actually promoted right. where the, he deserves. Uh, it's usually been uh, too much Indianapolis, which sure. we know. Indy will always take care of itself, and it's uh, it's fine. But but it's beyond just Indianapolis. The champion deserves to be recognized right. because, uh, I mean, when you look at uh, the IndyCar series uh, overall, uh, I mean, it's really a complete series oh, from the standpoint sure. of the diversity. There's no other uh, level, I mean, uh, discipline at that level that can claim, you know, the, the, the demands in versatility right. that that series got. You right. got basically two uh, configuration cars, you know, the super speedways, or three actually, and short ovals, and then you got uh, the road courses. Right. And uh, and all with different basic aero packages, you know. But, uh, and because of that, the driver obviously uh, has to be the one that uh, will uh, try to, to be the very best at all oh, of those, right, you know. Right, right. You know, so uh, even for me as a driver, I've, uh, I've been so fortunate to have uh, the opportunity, you know, to, uh, because I was always curious, you know, to, uh, uh, delve into uh, the other, you know, uh, series, uh, sure. you know, whether it be stock cars, sports prototypes, or whatever, and uh, and Formula One, and when I and going back to 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 IndyCar was always, you know what, this is really pretty complete because you know I I love road racing, you know, I always have mm -hmm. the most, but you know what a challenge you know to try to be decent at the ovals right. as well yeah for sure and um and so again i going back to uh what the indycar has to offer um it's in a good path yeah. right now um quite honestly i think uh, there's good stability in the management part mm -hmm. um and uh now with the uh, with a new, uh, the new car coming out, sort of a, the, the, the new package that yeah. they have, uh, it's bringing the, the single seater back to uh, you know pretty more more of a pure right. single seater. I think um, um, up to now it was getting too clumsy. The car was getting too busy. It sure. was uh, yeah. looking more like a, a prototype yeah, exactly. sports car than than a single seater. Right. You know so. Um, a lot of that, I think, uh, uh, is good. I mean, the, the the fan base, obviously, you know, to to learn many, you know, do appreciate that yeah. type of thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, and so, again, I feel uh, again uh, very bold about it. And and as we said earlier, um, I think the series. Uh, I just uh, hope that the, the fan base, you know, will grow so where uh, these guys can. Um, obviously uh reap the fruit of that you know as drivers and and um and have an earning earning potential that the, that they deserve well yeah because i mean they they literally risk their lives every time they go out in those cars more than most other more types of racing yeah, in the world it's you know? true. Yeah, yeah it's pretty it's true i went to fontana a couple of years ago yeah. and i had never been to fontana before and watching those you know, drivers compete. I looked at it and I said, "This is modern day gladiators." Yeah. Because you are in an arena and it is unbelievable. I'll tell you what, some of those races, uh, yeah, Fontana always, you know, put a hell of a show in. Yeah. And uh, even you watch Dallas, you know, that uh, <laughs> the, the lap times that yeah. they're doing throughout the race and yeah. tight run. I mean, it's uh, it's really phenomenal, yeah. you know, to watch. And uh, uh, again, uh, like I said, uh, I. Um, um, I just hope that uh, 
I can, well, I don't know if I can make it, but I can get just trying to make a difference in right. trying to, right. to well, sort of uh, tout these yeah, guys, you know. That's to something you've been really vocal, like, for a long time about, uh, like, USF1, having races from Formula One in the United States, and obviously uh, all the older school generation of IndyCar are always trying to promote it currently. You know, they're very vocal about that. And my question or my thought for you was, what, at what point in your career did you become or understand that you were that voice? Kind of that, statesman, that, yeah. Yeah, that you could champion it and it would make a big difference. Well, I don't know if I can really determine that uh, point of time. But, uh, you know, uh, again, I've been so fortunate to have been around uh, so long and be spared, you know, of uh, injuries that would could interrupt a lot of things. And, uh, you know, I've seen so many friends, obviously, not to have that. Uh, that fortune and uh, and because of that uh, you know uh, sometimes um, you know even I can be a bit controversial because I speak my mind uh, I'm not a very good politician <laughs> uh, it's um, uh, I drive the point sometime even clumsily clumsily clumsy you have to you have to drink a little yeah, bit have to yeah. drink. okay <laughs> here we go Just go. there's certain things that have to be said in a sense, because um, you get a reaction, and uh, and what's right is right. Is uh, um, uh, I the one thing that I can tell you? Um, uh, I sincerely, sincerely love the sport. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's nothing that's in there that's totally self-serving, because uh, I don't have a team. I just love the sport in general. I love to see it thrive like it needs to be, right. like it used to, like it deserves. Yeah. And uh, because of that, I say things such as, uh, okay, uh, what they deserve, they deserve a big pat in the back for where they are now, product-wise and so forth. But there's also the fact that, to me, the season ends too early. Yeah, right. And uh, that's been a pet peeve of mine. Right. Uh, because, um, you know... IndyCar could not have been wrong for 50 years, <laughs> right, you know, right. by ending the season, you know, late uh, October, November, right, even right. December, you yeah. know. I, I look at, uh, you know, uh, years back, you know, since I started in IndyCar back in 65, I mean, we never, ever ended the season uh, earlier than uh, than late October, October 1st. Right, yeah. It was always at least November, and we've had December. So, um, yes, I understand, you know, everybody's obviously uh, uh, bidding for TV time and all that, and we know that, uh, you know, some of the ratings drop because of football coming on. But you can walk away with a tail between your legs, you know. We exist, too. Right. And, uh, and, and looking at the overall picture, it's out of sight, out of mind. And how about these guys? How about these, the, the, the drivers themselves? I mean, to me, uh, the season should not be any long. I mean, the, uh, the off season should not be any longer than three months. Sure. And that's been pretty much, uh, you know, what's accepted in all the majors. And um, uh, so I couldn't even fathom, you know, even when I was active, to have had this much time off. I mean, I would have been doing something else yeah, yeah you know exactly. but uh, but at the same time um i mean like i said these guys and all of a sudden you know because of the obvious reasons costs and factors and everything else uh, there's limited testing and then they don't have a new car every year so they don't have to do all the development right. so 
uh, I thrived on that. I used to love that. You know, it was just like for me, uh, waiting for a new car was like waiting uh, for a new baby. You know, like a father. I mean, a right. new baby didn't always come out. You know, uh, sometimes was cross-eyed or leg was shorter <laughs> than the other. It was not always, it was not always a beautiful baby, but but still was a new baby. Right. You know, you got to work on it. And uh, so we had to work with it. You know, and lengthen the leg or put the <laughs> eyes back in place or whatever. <laughs> you know, but uh, so. But uh, again, you know, overall, um, uh, to answer your question, uh, uh, I I try to make the noises that I think uh, need to be made mm -hmm. just just to be heard, right. you know, and that's it's another voice, and and hope that I get the support, you know, from uh, the drivers, uh, uh, you know, so uh, you know the the more the more that you express yourself, uh, you know, more you, more you try to drive it home, as I say. Uh, the management now in IndyCar is, is as good as it's been, yeah. you know, uh, since the split, quite honestly. Sure. And so, uh, so there's, uh, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel, right. if you will. You yeah. know, there's a positive here. For sure. So I'm really excited because Sean just drank wine. I did. And he does not drink at all. I don't. So what are we drinking here? Really? What's the well, it's, it's a cab. I don't know what year it is. It's over there. But, uh, yeah, actually, pull it up here. Quite nice here. Here. Do you want it? You want to sell me this wine? <laughs> yeah, I'll sell you this wine. It's, uh, I need my glasses. What year is that? 14? Oh, yeah, 14. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice. You mash these yourself, yeah. mash the grapes and everything? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was, yeah, a, it was a big. I'm big there for the crush. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like an intensive two weeks. It is. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> yeah, it Actually, is. Let, so let, let's let's talk about the wine business a little bit because from from what I understand from the very reliable source that is Wikipedia, um, <laughs> there you had a year like '93 where you were sort of branding somebody else's wine and then realized, oh, shit, this is a cool place to be, and then you decided to to get into the business on your own and actually do it do it from scratch. Yeah, I mean, uh, in '94 actually, this was the the Arrivederci tour. Yep. You know, yep. it was my last year yep. as an active driver in IndyCar. Overall, I mean, basically, and uh, someone came up with the idea of uh, there was uh, there was a small ad agency in yeah. California that were doing some business with Texaco. They they said, that, you know, uh, why don't we have a commemorative wine sure. uh, that we can pour and so on at, at the events and whatever, you know. So and they did a uh, without unbeknownst to me, they already had done a, a deal with the Luis Martini. Winery, okay. Ah, okay. and uh, legally they could do uh, actually a one-time label, you know, even a picture on it and so nice. on and so forth, and okay. it was quite nice. Um, it was not the best wine in the world, quite honestly, you know, because it was a last-minute thing, but uh, it was a yeah. decent cab, right. a, a 92 cab, and um, and actually they, um, and I know that uh, by July that yeah, they already had sold like eighteen thousand cases. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> and I figure, man, it, it, this, it, okay. this, this okay. could be fun, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so uh, I, after the season was over, I figured I'm gonna go meet uh, with Mr. Martini and yeah. the family and so on and so forth, and maybe suggest that we continue that uh, maybe I'll choose one of their varietals, you know, from year to year, right. and uh, and put my name on it, and say bye, you know, Luis Martini, and yeah. so forth, and, and and enjoy that promotion, right, you know. Right. Well, I found myself just really selling this thing, and they were not getting it, you know. So, <laughs> um, so I figure, you know what, forget about it. If you don't see that, they almost felt like uh, they felt that I was going to 
be competing. Oh, uh, right, uh, right, you know, right, right, right. I said, it's your wine. You know, it's going to state very clearly, yeah, you know, but, right. uh, you know, just another way to promote. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it didn't go anywhere. And, um, but the, the, the two individuals that uh, principal of this agency, they said, uh, uh, you know what, you know, we, uh, we're going to hang out. We're going to hang around uh, uh, Napa Valley for a while. Anyway, long and the short is um, they found this property. And um, a lot of good things going because uh, uh, there were all the permits that are not available today were in place grandfathered in. Oh, okay. As far because as of that uh, like yes, because that property uh, was owned by uh, uh, George Altamura. And this is Sonoma. You know, it's right in Napa Valley, Napa. Napa right Valley, in Napa proper, okay. the, the Oak Knoll district. Anyway, uh, and they they put some uh, investors together, and uh, and they. They did a uh, licensing deal with me, and my manager said, Mario, don't do it. Don't do a licensing deal. And I said, uh, you know, I said, with my heart, I'm going to yeah. do it. <laughs> and, uh, well, the long and the short is, again, um, <laughs> they were underfunded. Okay. You know, underfunded, and uh, so they were not paying the bills. Meanwhile, you know, uh, the shingle was Mario Andretti type of thing. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't like that very much. And uh, so... Um, Joe Antonini, uh, who was chairman and CEO of uh, Kmart, yep. you know, uh, the long-standing uh, uh, sponsor of uh, Newman Haas, right. um, had just retired about the same time I did. And I found myself in his office in Detroit. I said, hey, Joe, I said, uh, how would you like to go out there and, uh, and maybe buy a win the winery with me? And... Um, I told him, I said, I got to do something. I said, I either yeah. going to buy it outright, right. I said, or uh, uh, just take my name off of it. I said, because, but I had, the, the good thing about it is I had something to do with, um, you know, uh, the style uh, that we were going to, that we built the ground yeah. up yeah. and uh, a lot of things I, I love, still do, obviously, Bob Pepe, the winemaker that uh, obviously we were able to secure the winery and uh, a lot of things were exactly the way I wanted them right. uh, but um, anyway uh, Joe and I went out there in three days and uh, that's it you know we uh, we bought them out and uh, we kept it we kept some of the investors many of my friends and so so it's a small private uh, uh, public oh, company yeah. you know but Joe and I uh, control uh we have uh, control you know of uh stock control of, of the company and he's still involved with it today oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i couldn't do it without him right. because uh it's amazing just uh how he really took to this yeah you know uh he became so passionate and uh uh he just spends you know pretty much all of his time there doing all the grunt work and uh um and I do uh, mostly, and just drink the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you but uh, you did but the right I do thing. The, th yeah. the thing I can tell you, though. I mean, it's not just that. I mean, uh, uh, I, I, I don't profess to to really be, uh, you know, a, a real expert, you know, and, sure. and all this. But I, I know my wine. I know yeah. what I like. Yeah. And um, and one thing that I uh, had a good understanding with. Bob Pepe, right from the beginning, was about the styles of wines that uh, we were going to pursue. Sure. And, uh, and there's a way of doing that. And, and Bob, fortunately, uh, totally agreed. We agreed together, yeah. you know. And, um, and so, uh, you know, he's the engineer. 
I'm the driver. There you go. Very good. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. he knows everything. Which means you get all the glory, and if it goes wrong, it's not your fault. <laughs> yeah, that's well, it's right. Andretti wine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, I get all the pleasure. That's right. Driver. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and it, it's been working out. You know that uh, last year we uh, celebrated our 20th anniversary oh, in the business, you know. So uh, we're going on the 21st now. And, yeah. um, and it, it's, again, uh, it just replenishes my spirit when I go there. It yeah, just it's there's something about it you are this peaceful it's beautiful it's simple and and it uh it works yeah sure so it's a nice little Just escape works. on the sonoma really weekend is. And, uh, yeah and uh, on the sonoma we used to see the nice events that we have it, it actually yields itself to you know for corporate events right, you know right. we we have a lot of that sure, uh, in-house sure. and that's really a big part of our business quite uh, quite, quite honestly and, and um, Michael has two main events there. Uh, it's been, you know, since the beginning of uh, the Sonoma race, you right. know, you know and, uh, and they've been so successful. It's so nice. I mean, everybody really looked forward to it, right. you know. So it, it um, again, it really works, really works for us. And you, uh, get, and you get wine. And we yeah. get wine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, winemaking kind of like, much like car racing or horse racing or yachting, it, it's one of those kind of things that attracts a, a certain type of people who, it can almost create sort of a, a vacuum of money where you're just pouring money in to make it work and you never see anything return. Is this 20 years later, is it is it a profitable venture? You had to go there. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> he means well, I promise. I mean well. Well, uh, <laughs> See, that's why I'm still working. We can edit this. <laughs> I can't retire Listen, on that. after this episode goes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sales are going to be booming. Yeah. Yeah. I get, no, it's, uh, it's a tough business. It really is, mainly because, uh, you know, when you look at uh, these United States, for instance, and we, we sell some abroad also. Yeah, we have right. some international uh, customers. But uh, these United States, you got uh, 50 states and you got 50 different laws. Yeah, sure, sure. sure. And it's so difficult. And the competition is so unbelievable. <laughs> and But, you know, uh, we you know, we, we still go for it. Uh, uh, we, we are uh, still somewhat of a boutique in the sure. sense that uh, uh, our volumes are not tremendous sure. we, mm-hmm. uh, we've been oscillating between 25 28 and 40,000 cases a year with all the varietals combined and uh, we have several by the way and uh, and but I don't want to really grow anymore uh, I just want to maintain what we sure. have yeah. and just maintain quality maintain yep. control sure. so we don't have stars in our eyes and right. and because of that um, some of the uh, main distributions like Constellation for instance who they would buy uh, all of what, uh, say, um, you know, any of the majors, uh, like Cake Break, for instance, yeah. bottle. Uh, they won't play with us because we don't have, for them, we don't have enough volume. Sure, uh, sure. So sure. we have to go out there and, uh, and you know, obviously uh, have distributors. You know, and it started out we were having distributor for each state now we're uh, trying to get a little smarter to give more incentive to get a distributor that would have four five six states right, right, so right. so yeah so they have more incentive mm-hmm. because of volume so you know w- we're trying to play it the best way we can and and again like i said we're, we're surviving okay we're yeah. we're doing okay you know we're just like i said uh uh, I just don't have a Rolls Royce standing there, you know, as my, <laughs> my car just, just when I get there. Right, That's all. Right. Other than okay. that. But you you're know, doing okay. Uh, yeah. You're well, hanging on. We're doing there. all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, 
I Craig, will say it's the best wine I've ever had. Here's our sponsor pitch for you. Yeah. Sean becomes the new spokesman of Andretti Wine. As you can see, I'm fit. I'm good looking, as you can tell. And this will do. This this is actually uh, an asset to your health. Sure. Yeah. Don, I feel better already. Don so, in moderation. So what you're saying is you in moderation. This is. I guarantee you. And all right. Cheers. And I'm an example of that. So what you're saying is Sean needs a little help on his health. That's I I, I can read between the lines. It will not hurt you. (laughs) (laughs) It will not hurt you. So Sean doesn't drink, and if we have him in a commercial saying, I'm Sean Heckman, I don't drink, but when I do, I drink Andretti wine. That's the pitch. We love that. Yeah. All right. There we go. I mean, yeah. You were going to sell a case of wine. I can can name three bottles that will sell. Maybe a case a month. How about that? Oh, okay. You could probably do that. You could move that kind of product. I could that kind of product. Yeah. Are we generous or what? Presented by Continental and Dirty Wine. So, Craig Hampson, who apparently you have a nickname for. Ernest. Ernest, there it is. Ernest, yeah. Yeah. Ernest fits him so perfectly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So he uh, he had all sorts of dirt on you, but um, <laughs> I bet he mentioned a pet pig. Oh yeah. And what's the story on the pet pig? Well, I, I tell you what, it was one of my favorite favorite pets, uh, and very unlikely uh, pets to have, right. you know, really around the house. But um, it. Um, it was weird the way it sort of all this thing came together because uh, uh, my daughter was uh, dating this dude from uh, Oklahoma um, for a f- couple of years, and uh, and so uh, the guy was a bit of a prankster, and 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 he decided to uh, in o- Oklahoma they have one of the best uh, um, uh, places, you know, to to to, uh, to get this. Uh, pot belly, okay. Vietnamese pot belly pigs. Sure. And um, and so he, um, uh, he, for Christmas he decided to buy one for his aunt. And uh, so, but aunt didn't get the joke. So <laughs> here he's got the pig. He doesn't know what to do with it. And um, so um, uh, Barbie calls uh, my wife Deanne and says, uh, "Mom, is it? You should see. I mean, we had a great day at the time. He says." You should see this little pig. They're so cute. I mean, you gotta have it. You know, the, this, uh, you know that uh, Dustin, you know, this and that. He, he bought it, and, and now you know we obviously can't have it. We have an apartment and all that. <laughs> and uh, so uh, the answer to me, how about? I said no. I said look, look, no pig. I said absolutely not. You know. So and then she says, uh, what? But what if we just uh, get it and uh, you find a home for the pig? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, okay, maybe I'll look. And um, our dentist, uh, Dr. Krupa's daughter, Donna, uh, lives in a farm, and she's a wonderful lady. And uh, she just loves animals. She's got everything, rhinos, everything, oh, wow. giraffes. <laughs> Not really, but, but it seemed like she's <laughs> got, she's got right. everything. So <laughs> I called Donna. I said, Donna, how would you like to have a, a, a potbelly pig? I said uh, we're getting one in, and uh, and I said uh, we're trying to find a home for him. And she said, Yeah, sure, you know. So I said, Okay, send the pig. <laughs> well, all of a sudden they found a home for the pig out there. So okay. I figure, Okay, c- case closed, right? right? Three months later, uh, at that time was uh, Eastern 
airline calls and says, uh, Mr. Andretti, we have a pig here in Allentown, you know, it needs to be picked up. So I sent Jeff out there and, you know, he brings this cute little piggy. And the reason was like three months later because uh, they uh, they train them, you know, before yeah, yeah, yeah. they sell them. And, um, and so... Uh, and the pig arrives, and I figure, okay, you know, this and that, and uh, and he wasn't getting on with the with the dog with uh, with Bosco. Bosco was, you know, up in age and so on and so forth. So, and the pig likes to have uh, body heat. He's trying to lay right. next to the dog. Right. So they weren't getting right. along. But uh, the one time that what uh, what I really like fell in love with, with the martini. My daughter named him Martini. Okay, exactly. Martini. Martini. Uh, you know, we uh, we used to send you know we send Bosco out obviously for the last uh, uh, do his business you know in the evening before he turns in, and then when he come back in he knows he was getting a treat so he get a little bone. Right, right. And uh, so and Martini just kept watching all this you know, yeah. and so one day you know here at Bosco I give him the bone and Martini just jumps right up there and steals it out of his <laughs> mouth Ooh. and then he jumps and he goes right in the cage and then he figures what the heck i'm in the cage now you know it was so funny just watching <laughs> it you know i said but you know here's the courage i mean here's right, the yeah, guy right. that's, been waiting that's for my the guy yeah. that's my yeah. guy you know <laughs> so as time went on you know i really bonded with this piggy and then you know and bosco passed you know i passed away and so forth and uh Anyway, uh, you know, Martini became really my buddy. Right. And so he stayed with us. And I kept him for 17 years Jeez. and 10 months. Wow. Now, there's no other pig on this planet that was treated as well. I'm as sure. Martini yeah, 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 right, right. And he was a house pet. Yeah. And the cleanest house pet you'll have. Really? Yes, because, uh, you know, unless they go out, you, you know, they look for mud or whatever, sure, yeah. you know, but... But as far as clean, they don't shed, right, nothing. Right. Um, always nice and pink. The housekeeper would bathe them, you know. They just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> put him in, the, put him in the shower, and, and he's he was okay in the shower. He uh, throw some raisins there, you know. He'd be busy eating the raisins, all the shower, uh, 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 you know. Right. But uh, he only needed, he only needed to go out, you know, uh, once a day oh, in okay. the morning. There you go. Yeah. He does his business, you know, he'd be out there peeing for about uh, a minute and about 17 <laughs> to 18 seconds. Right, right. And then that's it. You feed him twice a day and end of story. No like I said, you don't, yeah. no, no problem. Yeah. And, uh, but like I said, he, uh, uh, he was, uh, he was so neat. I mean, and they're, s they're really smart. That's they're what smart. Yeah, they, they yeah, say that us. pigs, as as a domestic pet, are smart to the to a fault in the sense that they get themselves into trouble all the yeah, time because they they're do. looking for something to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. They they need to. So they, what, they what, was keep the, what was the worst moment? Well, with Martini, you, were like, you know, here's the thing. Yeah, he um, uh, the pig. You know, he, he, you have you you have to treat him. You have to be very cool. Don't scream and all that because sure. that gets him really uh, agitated right. and all that. And um, whenever, like, during the holidays, you got the ladies in the kitchen, you know, sure, they're yeah. cooking all this stuff. Yeah, and the, here's the pig, man. He's waiting for something to drop and all that. <laughs> so he's always in their way, and they keep kicking him, you know. They say, get away, get away. Right. Then he gets all riled up, you know. Then he starts. Then, then he makes trouble. Yeah, so yeah makes and trouble. Stuff, yeah. And then I go there and say, Martini. I say, 
what are you doing? No, just very calmly. <laughs> is, is that your then martini he, voice? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> martini. Yeah, what are you doing? I like you know. It. And he goes, and he goes, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> come on, let's get out of here. So, and I used to come my way. I said, and I gave him a little, uh, what smoked a little banana. Or, okay, or I was going to say, what's a pig he, treat? He loved yeah. grapes. He Gra- loved okay, grapes yeah, as well, yeah. you know. So I always give him something, and then, you know, then it was no problem, you know. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, my twin brother, Aldo. Yeah. We sound the same. Okay. You know, so whenever Aldo would visit, somehow it, this would agitate him because he said, we have an imposter in the house. Oh, and sure. And he used to charge him. Yeah. And oh. Aldo said, what the hell did I do yeah. to him? He said, right. I didn't do anything. He comes over and he, bang, you know, right. charges right. him. Right, You're an attack pig. Yeah, yeah. attack pig. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you another story. It was so funny. Uh, we moved out. Uh, uh, in, in the new, new house mm-hmm. while, you know, okay, he was still with us. He was maybe about five or six years old, okay. you know, we moved in the house. And uh, uh, so uh, we're moving in and all these appliances and everything. And somehow the main refrigerator uh, was uh, had a problem, brand new and all that. We just stuffed it up with all the right, right. And so, so we called... Uh, the dealer, the repair guy, and so forth, and uh, and he says he gave me, oh well, you know, I think we're gonna have to uh, replace the element, and uh, you're gonna have to take the food out, you know, and all that. So I said, what do you mean replace the element? I says it's a brand new refrigerator. I don't want to replace a part. Right. You know. I said, well, this is Mr. Andrade. I guess this is not your lucky day. I said, you get the hell out of here you know i really got on him you know right and here's martini taking it all in <laughs> so <laughs> just 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 as i moved away you know out of the kitchen martini went on and grabbed him by his ankle you know and drew some blood you know through his <laughs> jeans so so the contractor calls me said mario he says you better come up here in the kitchen so <laughs> i come up there and there was a guy standing there like you know i was all and and I said, okay, well, what's what's the matter? He said, well, he says, uh, uh, the pig just attacked me, and uh, the pigs, uh, do they have rabies? I said, no, pigs don't have rabies. I said, yes, and I so I said, uh, what can I do for you? Should I call the ambulance or anything? I mean, <laughs> it was just a little bit right, of blood, you right. know, what the hell. Yeah. And um, he goes, well, no, you know, this and that. I said, what can I do? I said, so I, I said, how about a couple of bottles of wine? There you go. So I, I said, well, you know, okay. So anyway, I gave, so he went out. And as soon as he went away, and I said, "Atta boy!" <laughs> <laughs> Here's some grapes. Here you go. Yeah. Atta boy! <laughs> Takes care of daddy here. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, yeah. So believe it or not, that's our second pig. Yeah. Do you know Rocket from IndyCar? The tech pig yeah, pig? yeah, Rocket. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a pig owner. Oh, he is. Yeah. A transgender that. pig owner. Yeah. Oh, the I, second I, transgender pig in the history in of the world. Yes, yeah. Apparently, it, apparently it ran through a fence and yeah. needed surgery. Yeah, play, you guys could do play dates and the whole thing. Are you kidding? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I got it. okay. So we have something coming with Rocket. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, that's the only thing we have so coming with Rocket. Maybe Rocket won't penalize me anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're throwing black flags on you in the two seater. Yeah. yeah. The two-seater, <laughs> like, what are you yeah. doing, right height, man? What are you man? doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slow down, the pitch, man. Said, do you have push to pass said, on that thing? I don't have push to pass. I said, what? no, I wish, <laughs> you uh, should. I, wish yeah. I had push to pass. We'll, we'll talk but to I don't him. Have yeah. a, you. Know, <laughs> I, I don't have a, 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 a speed you know, speed limit regulator for the Oh, the yeah. Pit pit okay, okay, yeah. So I always cheat a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just get it yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <Slow it down. laughs> 
Or is he the only guy in the two seaters getting fines for pit speed limits and all probably, that? Yeah, probably. Yeah, track limits. Yeah, Honda takes care of all probably. that. Yeah, so they're like, it's worth it. It's, it's worth fine. It. It's yeah. fine. Well, you know what? It's funny. I always, always I blame uh, uh, Davey. Okay, uh, Davey Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, anything that, you know, that come to me, like, you know, at Indy, I, I just touch the wall you know like it turned <laughs> in the two-seater <laughs> it was just i mean it was really a windy day it was right at the beginning so i had not you know not my fault, not my fault. it's not my fault and and uh, the guy never knew it but i mean that you didn't even feel just a white wall right, you know right. and i come in and uh and uh the, the corner security guys come in and hey come in hey said the two-seater hit the walls and ready hit the wall and uh he come to me, uh, Joe comes to me, he, I said, he looks in there, he, I said, you know what, actually, I says, David did. <laughs> <laughs> David hit the wall. He said, no, he says, they said, you didn't know, I saw no, it. I said, no. David hit the wall. <laughs> so I keep blaming David, poor David. <laughs> He's a great guy. <laughs> he better be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the biggest moment you've had in the two-seater? Um, I spun a couple of times, you know, sure. and uh, just really push on the road course. With you know. with somebody behind you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we, usually in the wet, you know, I yeah. really get on it. In the know. wet. You yeah. Do it yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the speed just isn't there on the road course, right. yeah, you know. Yeah. So the, there was a, a one time it, it was at, uh, actually at Elkhart Lake. Oh, God. And I, I stayed on slicks as long as I could. Right. Yeah. I was trying, I really was trying to give a decent ride, you know, <laughs> and it was uh, right down in Thunder Valley. It was really very, very misty. Yeah. And going into Canada corner, you know, I just locked the rear somehow. I guess I didn't have enough front right. brake. Right. And just get sideways, sideways, sideways. And, and I was totally crossed, you know, and then I caught it and we went. So, and it was this sort of press guys, okay. you know, it was at the end of the day. Right. And uh, so later on we were talking, you know, and I, I knew the guy that was behind me. I said, hey, how'd you like the ride? He said, oh, I really like the ride. I said, uh, how about, he had no idea. No no clue. Yeah, he had yeah, no thought clue. thought that was part of the deal. Yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah. part of the deal. <laughs> figure that's what he does, Easiest you know. Way out. Because like as it. soon as the thing on, I picked up first gear, off we went. Yeah. So I figured, yeah, yeah, the was great. he had no idea. <laughs> We're in Bethlehem. Nazareth is sort of the city next door. Yeah. And this has much. kind of been like your area since you moved to the U.S. Is that right? Indeed. Yeah. 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 I'm basically the only one of the family that remained here. My brother um, moved to Indianapolis. Sure. Um, back in the middle 60s. Yeah. My sister was here. She married here. Then uh, she moved to Florida. And uh, so... Now, uh, obviously, our kids, uh, I have Barbie, uh, my, my youngest, uh, which is uh, my daughter, Barbie. She lives here, but she, uh, she lived for the longest time, you know, when she was at school and everything else on the West Coast okay. and then Phoenix. But she's here now. And uh, Jeff is here, but he's um, selling his house, and he's going to be going to Phoenix. Okay. That's where he wants to go. Michael, uh, obviously, born and raised here. Mm-hmm. And... Um, he built a house in the property that we that I built my house as well. We uh, we own and uh, and he moved to Indianapolis because obviously that's the where the, yeah. the operation is. And uh, but Marco 
which was born in that house. He bought that house. So yeah, he's right. my neighbor, right. and he just married there last week. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. going to marry, which was really nice. Is he a good neighbor? Does he keep it down? Or? Uh, a bit noisy, but uh, <laughs> it's all right. Oh, we're not uh, letting that one go, by the way. I keep <laughs> I keep calling the cops on him. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, this, this doggone neighbors, they, they're not really good sports. Right, right. <laughs> so... Not really. Cut the trees down that fall on his property. Bef- yeah. <laughs> Before he got married, uh, was there were there any stories you're allowed to tell of you actually having to go over and kind of calm things down a little bit? Not really. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not telling you. <laughs> no, I mean, they're, one thing that um, they're always well-behaved, um, you know, he, he realized, he always knew, didn't ever have to worry about it. He knows the seriousness of mm-hmm. uh, any of that. There's never any uh, drinking or anything anything weird going on because he, he knows that, uh, you know, that's not yeah. acceptable, you yeah, know, in any yeah. possible way. Things could easily go out of control. And so uh, that's one thing we always have good, you yeah. know, good well, control I mean, over. If you look at Marco in general, he's, he's known for having a lot of friends that are celebrities the who's who of, of a lot of Hollywood stars were at the wedding from, yeah. from what we saw on social media and stuff. Um, but there is no, like, Marco Andretti got drunk and threw a brick through a window story or something that could come with the lifestyle of hanging out with people like that and yeah. having to be the extreme racer. You know, yeah, sometimes he, uh, sometime he gets a bad rap for no reason from mm-hmm. some people. Mainly they're assuming that because of the fast crowd that sometimes uh, he, he likes He's to... He's going to be a party yeah. aggressive. He's part of... You know, but but he's not. You know, I uh, I know. I mean, the kid is as clean as can be and totally committed. And and uh, you know, he will not jeopardize a situation under any circumstance. I know. I don't even have to say. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't think I ever had to. Uh, you know, but uh, I'm very comfortable with that part of it. And all the guys. You know, the guys that uh, said the drivers that, um, that come around. Uh, you know, we raise hell in different ways. Yeah. You know. Uh, and and that's the way we want it to be. Right. You know, so. Did you know who Ludacris was before you met him? Before I met, well, I, I knew of him, you know, okay. but um, uh, I, you know, he's um, just a guy. Not a dude. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice yeah. dude. He's yeah. from the same neck of the woods I'm from. Is he? Yeah, uh, he's a really nice dude. I got yeah. to know him. But so your biography doesn't need to be recovery, you know talked about on, on this show because if you're listening to this you know who Mario Andretti is um, but one thing that I was curious about was before you moved to the States at a very young age your your family lost all their property from World War II yeah. I, I'm assuming that's correct information that's correct yeah. and you guys were kind of put into a like a you know displaced family area just just in case people don't know this part of the story essentially you were born in what was an Italian property but is modern day Croatia yes Uh, and then you guys through the war had to move to you were taken into a refugee camp which is sort of where you grew up Italian yes yeah I'm yes and then that that's uh, that's always a question nowadays because uh, okay uh, the town that I was born is Montona yeah but now because of Croatia you know because the language is Motovun well, um, even whenever I renew the passport, you know, obviously, you know, <laughs> they go online and figure, well, you know, there's no Montona, you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. I have to, but uh, the story is clearly uh, Istria, you know, you look back, you know, back to the Roman Empire, there's uh, Pola, which is the capital city of the region, as a Colosseum, 
a mini Colosseum, you know, which is uh, they you know, take off from what you see in Rome. Right. And um, so, uh, but again, uh, this area was part of um, uh, many uh, uh, for about 300 years under the Austro-Hungarian uh, uh, Empire. Right. But even then, and which is before 1918, which was turned back to Italy, even then. Uh, they respected the Italian language because uh, uh, I have uh, obviously family that goes back to the 1800s. My, my uncle Priest, for instance, uh, he was born in 1888, uh, and uh, he didn't speak a word of of uh, German or yeah. Austrian. Uh, my grandfather fought for Franz Joseph in the First wow. World War. Okay. And he didn't speak a word of Austrian. Right. So, but the Austria respected. All the schools were Italian. Uh-huh. And so then, of course, you know, I'm back. I didn't know that part because I was born in 1940. Yeah, it was yeah, already yeah. Italy. That's all that. But it's the peninsula of Istria. And, uh, you know, and of course, Italy uh, lost the war and uh, they, um, they lost territory. And right. uh, ours, it was sliced right off. Right. You know, and uh, right at the outskirts of Trieste, you know, that was it. That was a new border. And there was a choice, however, and we had a choice to succumb to communism, hardline communism under Marshal Tito, Yugoslavia at the time, uh, or move with just what you could carry. And the Italian government would provide one truck that you could load whatever you could carry in that truck. And then uh, we went to, we were in a, um, a disbursement camp in Udine, just uh, west of Trieste, where from there they were going to find an area for you. And they, depending what region would accept uh, 500, 2,000, 5,000 refugees, that's where we were uh, designated to go. And, uh, and actually to split up our family uh, between... Luca, Tuscany, and Arezzo, which is just south of Florence. And we had to accept that. Right. And uh, so and we were in this uh, refugee camp for seven and a half years. Jesus. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, How much of that do you remember? Oh, I remember all of it because, uh, you know, there was, uh, I was eight years old when we left uh, yeah. uh, Montona. Yeah. And um, so you're through, uh, you know, you go through, go to school, you go, right. I remember vividly, you know, those years and um, made a lot of friends. We had a, a chaplain that just passed away a couple of years ago that was uh, just so fantastic with right. us. And uh, But, you know, I want to make it clear that uh, us kids, uh, we were never hungry uh, sure. and we always uh, were clothed well. We were uh, never cold, you know, we, uh, my dad provided yeah. for us but the, the future was very bleak right in the sense uh, that uh, unemployment was just so rampant you know right. oh, Europe uh, for so many years after the war right. you know was really in trouble especially Italy you know mm-hmm. and absorbing you know this population from that area yeah, also right. yeah. and uh, so we had an uncle uh, on my mother's side who uh, had immigrated to America early on that you know century in 1909 yeah. And um, and he was uh, he he was actually in Nazareth here. He went through West Virginia and the mines and all that sort of thing. Right. But he was uh, um, he was a foreman at one of the cement mills here, 
And uh, we kept correspondence with him, and he, uh, he suggested um, to my dad, he says, why don't you come to America? So in 1952, we left Montone in 48. In 52, uh, my dad applied for visas. Three years later, in 55, visas come through, and it was decision time. And my dad said, I said this a million times, my dad says, uh, well, we're going to America for five years, and then come back, <laughs> you know, so just to soften the right, blow sure, because yeah, it seemed yeah, like, yeah. you know, this is a whole new life, this yeah, and that, yeah, but... And um, he knew what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah, of yeah, course yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But, um, but it was good for us as kids, you know, it's exciting, sure. and, uh, you know, Aldo and I already, I mean, we were enamored with, uh, with the sport, you know, yeah. I don't know how and why it captured my imagination so early because... We didn't have a car. The family right. didn't have a car. Right. We never had a car. But at this point, you've already been to Monza. You've seen yeah, the Scari run. And, yeah. yeah, because we used to hang out at a garage there, which was right across the square, you know, from where the camp was actually, was like a, a an old um, uh, monastery-like building where okay. it was like so schools. Like and a so small so campus. Small campus. Right, right. And um, so across the square was, uh, there was a, this garage where they... Um, you know, Luca is a walled city. Uh, the, the interior is medieval. It's beautiful, charming city, and uh, and so most of the businessmen they would uh, obviously uh, park, yeah. arrive there in the morning, park the cars, and and uh, these dudes at the garage, Beppe uh, and Sergio, they uh, they used to let Aldo and I park the cars. We could barely reach <laughs> a pedal. Nice. So whenever an alpha would come or lunch uh, you know right. used to just do some burnouts and stuff <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> that's how we learned standing like starts yeah yeah you know and uh, <laughs> and that's why when I, whenever I uh, ballet a car today which I rarely wait you're I so wait, 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 where are you ballet I figure I figure man <laughs> I Honda's not that good I said I hope hope the hell that they you know what I mean I keep thinking of myself you know what we used to do <laughs> but uh, we never put a scratch on the cars though otherwise and uh, and these are the guys that um, um, they knew that we just love motor racing. You know, we we go watch the Mille Miglia. You know, some of the local races, Giro da Toscana. And they finally took us to Monza, 1954, to uh, see the Grand Prix. And um, what a treat that was, you know, because uh, uh, my idol Alberto Scotti, you know, was there driving against the Mercedes and you know we had that, a time with Alfonso Moss and and all that it was uh, exciting times you know by any by all means and and I, I tell you what my mold was cast at the time I, I said man dear God there's ever something you can grant me I said let me be a race driver in my life and uh, that's it I mean Deep down, myself and Arnaldo, after that, we never had a plan B. You know, we always don't, you know, we somehow we're going to figure it out. And uh, and quite honestly, I don't think anything could have happened unless we would come to the States. Coming to the States opened up, and I had no idea. A new horizon for us, and uh, we found out. Is that sort of an economic statement, just this Europe was so in such bad shape compared to the U.S. at the time that there was more opportunity? 
Oh, God, I mean, uh, uh, this was the land of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, no question. And, um, and, and again, um, two years after we arrived here, 1957, we started building a car, a stock car to race locally. This is the Hampton, or the uh, Hudson Hornet? Hudson Hornet, yeah, yeah. There you go. 48 Hudson. And we chose that. Now that we knew what the hell was going on, um, you always have a, when you have a three, four buddies, you always had a geek. <laughs> that knows everything. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you, Mario Andretti? Yes, sir. So you met Sean. <laughs> Sean, you guys are the great. That's right. The greatest, I should say. Because here's the reasoning. It says, you're going to start racing lo on a local level with guys that have been doing this forever. And you got to do something different. And at that time, uh, in, in uh, NASCAR, the the cars that were doing the best on the, especially on the on the on the dirt tracks were the Hudsons because of the now we know the torsional stiffness you know you have to run a lot of cross weight yeah yeah and uh, but Hudson was out of was pulling out of racing with uh, Herb Thomas and Marshall Teague and uh, so what we did uh, we bought information. Paid, this is 1957. Paid $1,000 for, <laughs> for information. It's not like you had a lot of money. I would say. And well, you're we had to borrow. You're you know, that's another story. You're 17 years old spending yeah, $1,000 on information. And stealing the data. In, <laughs> <laughs> like a real razor. Yeah. But in 1957, that's. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all the setups from the team. Actually, in their book, they have a. In Marshall Teague's book, they have, a, I think, a chapter talking about this a little bit. We did something right there because uh, we know that uh, with one car, two drivers, so we tossed a coin. And Aldo, he, I mean, I was actually glad that he won the first toss. I mean, won the toss. Uh, we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And bam, one by one by one, we won the heat. Oh, okay, cool. And he won the feature, honest to God. First race. So we lie like hell, you know, because there's See, we were underage. Right. <laughs> you had to be 21. Oh, yeah, to be right. legally. To drive legally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, professionally. And uh, and so the local uh, editor of the uh, Nazareth Key, that's newspaper, uh, Les Young, is the one that actually fudged our license. <laughs> <laughs> on our license. And, uh, and so uh, all of a sudden we're 21. But um, nice. But again, uh, you know, we're not there, and uh, and so that day we made 175 bucks. Oh wow! That day already. Wow. And uh, we had a our debt to the bank was like 2,500 bucks. We had to right. pay back. And um, and so anyway, uh, started very well, and and uh, I did the same thing the following week. Then you know, then we crashed. And we did all the right sure, thing, right, you right. know. Yeah, got to learn. But things were started, and and Aldo, however, you know, the very last race of the season, that's when he had, um, we were dry, we were at in, Invitational Race in Hatfield, Pennsylvania, 
and you had to be top three in a radius of like 150 miles, different tracks to be able to be invited. I got a ride with somebody else, a beeper from Allentown, and Aldo drove our car. And we were driving sportsman car against modifieds, but our car was really good. And uh, especially on the third, uh, on the short track, on a third of a mile, and Aldo during the qualifying heat, you know, he was uh, he was actually racing the guy was the uh, uh, Freddie Animal was the track champion, uh, and he was qualified. And I just uh, and I already had qualified. I said, no, no, just qualify, just qualify for the main and. He hooked the guardrail and over in, and I mean, he, uh, and that's, you know, it was a that serious injury. That was the big injury, one, right? The big yeah, one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gave him his last rights that night right, and right. everything. And uh, anyway. Um, and of course, your that, parents had no idea. No, my yeah. dad. See, that, <laughs> that was the other thing. I mean, my dad was just ignorant of the sport. All he, all he knew was about, you know, the, the terrible things that uh, right. were always, uh, you know, in the press, and, you know, the, right. the fatalities and so forth. And, and so for him, it's just, um, you know, there was no way he was going to give a blessing. Right. But he found out, he found out this way, you know. Um, and uh, Aldo, it's amazing that Aldo, after uh, he, uh, when he finally came around, it was, it was a long time, several weeks. Yeah. Um, the first thing that he says uh, to me is, says, I'm glad you had to be the one to face the old man. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew we had him back. <laughs> we knew we were good. The old man kicked the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> so the legend goes that you guys uh, told people in America that you had gone to like a racing academy <laughs> in I- Italy and you had these really flashbang driver suits <laughs> and so everybody believed you. <laughs> And then more recently, in the in the later years, you guys admitted that that was all bullshit. Yeah, all bullshit. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. that's very true. We had a, you know, the uh, you had to have something, you know, to support the fact where are your kids coming from. You know what I mean? So, so we sat down. I said we used to race Formula Junior in Italy, and uh, and and you know we have. A lot of experience, and, and meanwhile, what we did, you know, in those days, everybody, you know, had this T-shirts, you know, nobody had any some overall. We bought two suits from Sala Sport, you know, with all the zippers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, man, we looked the you part. looked the part, right? We looked the part. <laughs> we had a white and a blue one. And um, so we were able to just uh, bullshit these guys, you know, no problem. <laughs> and uh, and around this time, you still speak like fluent Italian on a regular basis, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So it, it, it's it, like, okay, he's got an accent in the suit. Oh, the accent got to be. Yeah, no yeah, question yeah. about it, yeah. Um, so that part worked pretty well, you know, just to get ourselves in there. <laughs> and as you said, the toughest part was that, um, uh, by the way, Chris Economaki, to this to the day he died, he still ran with that story like that I raced in it. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. He still believed that. And if he said it, it was the, it was the gospel. Yeah, it was a gospel. Exactly. Yeah. No question. There was no problem. But I had a hell of a time to try to get back to, um, the biggest problem was to try to get back my two years. You know, by the time I reached actual 21, I was 23. Right, exactly, and you're trying to get so back. So I had a of a time. I said, <laughs> I don't want to be two years older than when I actually am. So <laughs> that was the biggest problem. But uh, 
anyway, we overcame that one, you know, um, in a kind of a clumsy way, but... <laughs> So it's one way to get started. That was a story, yeah. 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 It was the only way we knew how. Now, every 17-year-old thinks he's getting something over on his parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you snuck out to, the, to right. a kegger or right. something like that. But they, they knew. Do you think your dad genuinely didn't know what you guys were up to? I had no idea. Really? <laughs> if he would have, he would have stopped it. Probably really, he would have shut it down quick. Yeah. Yeah. Wanda did know it, my mom. Okay. My mom was only about, always about at least a third or a half a lap ahead of him pretty common <laughs> yeah she yeah. was uh, very intuitive you know and, sure. uh, so she had you know, a sense um mothers no yeah we didn't so have to say um but my dad the um what helped us was actually the language barrier that was uh and my you know we you know you go to school and all that and i uh, we had three years of english before we came over in school in italy you know schooling is much more advanced than here by the way and uh, so, and that helped us, you know, to learn by my dad. Uh, obviously, uh, even, you know, three years later, so on and so forth, it didn't have command of the language at all. And I remember the, the boss would go to him and, hey, Gigi, man, your kids just won the race or whatever. He had no idea what they were <laughs> saying. So uh he thought that the guy was petting him in the back for his work you know yeah. doing a good job you know <laughs> so he went yeah 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 you know but he, he honestly did not know he like i said he would have stopped it because uh he uh actually after this happened with aldo and when he figured that we learned a lesson and when he found out that um we were still a, doing it yeah while well, we were doing it the following year yeah he was going to try to disown us wow I so said my mom was just, um, uh, well, and then he had to start to accept it. Right. You know, it, was, uh, it wasn't going away, obviously. And the success was there, yeah. too, so. Well, he didn't know that either, but, but we, you know, there was, for about six, nine months, it was very, very quiet at home because he, he was a man of principle, you know. He, uh, but then it's amazing, all of a sudden, you know, we're 21 and whatever, and I continue on, and Aldo resumed and all that. And then he would go to Aldo and said, Hey, um, how's Mario doing? You know, <laughs> he wouldn't come to me. Right. Then he right. come to me, Hey, how's Aldo doing? Yep. That type of like thing. Dad, you know? yeah, so yeah. then he started, because then his friends, you know, were saying, Hey, Gigi, you know, these kids are doing okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, you should yeah. be proud of that, you know. So he started coming around, and, and of course, it didn't take long. Then what pissed me off was that actually the first. IndyCar race that I was in in 1964 it was in Trenton, New Jersey. Okay. And I was driving for Lee Glesser. And, uh, and that was the first race that he ever came to because all of a sudden, you know, the big time. Yeah, now, now it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I finished ninth and he figured, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this right. is what I came yeah. for. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is what I came for. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Dad, All of a sudden, he said, yeah, I thought you, you know, I thought you could win, you know. I said, yeah, okay, Dad, because little by little. <laughs> so not, not to get too political, but um, if we take a modern-day equivalent, so say somebody were to immigrate on a refugee status to the U.S. from Syria or, or some sort of rough area, and they had $100 to their name, knowing the way the sport is today, could there be a Mario Andretti story in 2017? You know, um, 
times have changed, of course. Yeah. But uh, you know, it depends really, in my opinion, what your resolve is. Yeah. Um, today, uh, you have systems that you didn't have in our time. Right. Such as, I mean, even starting with go karts. Yeah. We didn't have the go karts at right. the time. Not to this level that you could prepare yourself. Right. Now. You have the ladder system. I mean, you, you can start, you know, you can go to school, be evaluated at a, you know, at a driving school, right. and uh, they have, uh, you know, they have their competition right. programs right. and so forth. And and I tell you, usually the instructors are pretty sharp. Sure. You know, they, uh, you can always detect something special about an individual, and real talent will not go wasted, in my sure. opinion. So, again, uh, you can't say, oh, well, you know, you got You don't have to have a lot. You have to have some, you know, uh, means, uh, financial means, but but it's uh, it's not that prohibitive, you know, to to join, you know, to go to these driving schools right. and uh, and be evaluated that that way. And then, and usually, like I said, if, uh, if the prospect is good, it's good to be encouraged. You got scholarships, you got this and that. You know to go so uh, there are ways it's not easy yeah. you know never easy right. it never was but uh, um, it all depends just what your desire your passion that what level you have you know to really um, you know I'm gonna do this I'm gonna find a way I'm gonna you know you're right. gonna find a way right. you're just gonna find yeah. a way right. uh, you hear this uh, so much you know the excuses oh my this and my dad well, that's just an excuse, yeah. you know. Uh, but um, uh, I, I think today you can still find a way. Sure. I mean, it'd be different, you know, but you can find right. a way. Well, one of the so one of the things you mentioned as far as the modern day versus say the glory days of the '80s or early '90s is is that you, it's almost as if the marketing power isn't there now compared to maybe how it was in those days. And and some would argue that part of that was also you had a major presence of major businesses involved in the sport, three or four manufacturers on the on the engine side, and then you had multiple OEMs supplying oil and tires and things like that. Um, the current nature of IndyCar is obviously a lot more towards the spec side, which does kind of drive out that com competition, therefore that competition's marketing budget. Um, the spec decision was obviously made to keep customer costs very low. Do you feel like that's out of hand now compared to maybe how it was in those days? Well, let me just go back a little bit um, as far as evaluating the situation. Uh, the, the reality is this. Uh, IndyCar was supreme in these United States. And uh, with the split in the mid-90s, it marginalized yeah. the sport. It just almost destroyed IndyCar. Right. And, uh, and unfortunately, you know, uh, we know who did that. Sure. You know, Tony George with this uh, but having uh, just, uh, uh, I, I would say, to say the least, uh, the <laughs> wrong people that, you know, uh, that he would listen to. Sure. Uh, but um, uh, even then, there would have been a correction, but nothing. In the IndyCar, almost was uh, non-existent. It had to start all over. Right. I mean, we lost the fan base. We lost yeah. the generation because of that. And, uh, and so... Uh, that's why uh, I mean it's really hard to s to put a reason as to why it hasn't really uh, developed the way sure. it should uh, because it was it almost started from nothing right 
And uh, you can see that uh, uh, what Tony did, uh, he not only, uh, he, he broke the mystique of Indianapolis by at the same time that the split happened, uh, he gave NASCAR mainstream, he gave them Indianapolis. Right. And then Indianapolis all of a sudden didn't have all the stars of the single seaters. Right. So, he, you know, he did everything, everything is, he couldn't have done any more damage right. you know, to the series and careers, right. you know, and, um, and so, and NASCAR, they were smart enough to really pick up from there and then run with it. Right. And, um, and so it took too many years for the series to come together and I'll take a lot of credit for that because yeah. I'm the first one, actually, they called the meeting with all the powers to be in my house. Wow. Wow. In my house, there was uh, Tony Joe, actually, uh, with me was Paul Newman because right. I had to, Paul was, uh, didn't even want to talk to Tony George because, right. you know, he just had such, such rancor right. against him. Yeah. But uh, we called uh, all the powers to be together. And uh, on our side, you know, it was uh, Paul Newman, it was Paul Gentilosi was part, you know, because, sure. uh, and then um, uh, um, Kevin Kelkoven yep. and uh, Brian Barnhart and Tony George and their lawyer. And uh, that's how this started. And then uh, we started getting some kind of, a, um, uh, uh, I'd say, uh, the beginning of a potential, you know, let's come together type right, of thing. Right. Let's reason this thing out. And, um, and then uh, when it finally cemented the thing, uh, Tony George, uh, Kevin Kalkoven, and myself spent three days in Colorado, in Vail, Colorado. We went hiking, but I even lost my big toenail because I had the, my shoes were too tight. Oh well. But uh, we went three days, <laughs> and that's when, uh, and that's when it was decided to uh, to bring it together. There were a lot of, uh, you know, there were a lot of stumbling blocks here and there, you know, that had to be. Uh, you know, just dealt with the engine situation and chassis, you know, how do you marry the two and whatever, but uh, that's how it started. So, but, And there have been a lot of failed attempts up to that point that at least hearsay says you were also involved in, but it's just this side would disagree or this side would say no. Well, yeah, but there was a suspicion. There was a lot of suspicion between the two sides yeah. and, uh, and there were so many uh, reasons as to why it shouldn't happen and but then finally, I think uh, reason prevailed, you know, uh, quite honestly, and, uh, and and lucky for that. But uh, um, I know that uh, you know uh, I would like to 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 talk to Kevin Kalkoven, and he'll tell you the real story. You know, Tony George never really admitted that, but uh, he'll tell you the story as to how all of this happened. Not that I care about you know just taking the credit, but it's, it's just somebody had to make the move. And uh, and we did, right? You know, at uh, you know the planes arrived in Allentown. You know, everybody, all the big secret. You <laughs> right. know, no, nobody and no knew. One has, well, no one's looking. Well, I mean, here we sure. kept this thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, Amy was picking up guys. You know, back and forth. You know, everything <laughs> was just really on a QT. And but um, that's how this this thing, whole thing started. But again, going back, you know, to what we were saying, uh, we can blame a lot of things. Uh, about, um, as you say, manufacturers, this and that. But um, uh, a lot of things probably would have 
gone in this direction anyway, ultimately because of cost factor and everything. But, you know, NAS NASCAR is a spec series too, you know what I mean? But uh, as long as you have product, you have action, you know, that's uh, fine. I mean, the technical side, uh, you know, is, is important up right. to a point. Sure. You know, uh, you still, when you got the spectacle, that, oh, you know, covers up, uh, makes up for, for, for everything yeah, ultimately. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I guess that's, that's sort of my ultimate question. Obviously, we're in the sort of, if you want to call it spec nature that we are now because of the, the nature of keeping costs down. But you came from an era when, I mean, you were driving some of the cars that, that were this classic case of, you know, this new car rolls out for the month of May and, oh, my God, what's this going to be? Or what's this turbine mm -hmm. car all about? And, and those days aren't here now um, in, in an effort to keep cars affordable. Um, do you think that's the right direction? Well, right or wrong, I mean, it's, uh, it's probably uh, today the only viable direction. Sure. Um, yes. Uh, nobody can say, or you ask anybody, wouldn't it be nice to have three different chassis and maybe even three different manufacturer engines and so forth? Um, I would love, personally, I'm a purist, I would love to see um, that part open up to so you could have, Right. Uh, you have a set of rules. Meet the rules, you qualify. Yeah. You have a chassis yeah. to sell, fine. Well, it's not like that and maybe um, uh, there's a reason for that too because right. maybe um, if you open it up, maybe the Lara could not afford sure. Sure. being involved either, you know, so right. it's a matter of volume and, and all that. So there, there are a lot of uh, different reasons why things are the way they are. But uh, um, again, uh, would have gone this way, regardless if there wouldn't have been a split? That's the big question, actually. And would that have been a, a big negative? I don't think so. I don't think it would have been a big negative. I think um, sometimes you have to give up certain things, you know, to uh, uh, to to look at the big picture. Um, and we're giving up some of the technology factor, you know, it's, or, or or some of the personality, if you will. You know, um, uh, I I for one, when I look back, even in my career, I said, how blessed was I, you know, that uh, to be able, as I said earlier, to uh, to, uh, to to look forward to a new car every right, season. Yeah, I right. love that. Right. I love love that. You know, and and now you got the same thing. You know, different color and all that. <laughs> but uh, um, it's still, you know, the driving is something. But but again, uh, the challenges of really uh, getting your arm around some uh, new technology sure, and new. Sure. Uh, this new arrow, new, 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 right. you know, I love that. Yeah, I just absolutely. love that, you know, and <laughs> and I'm glad that I, you know, sometimes I look back, I said, oh, God, I said, uh, I wish I would have been born 34 years later so I could be in there today, but yeah, because, drive some cool because cars. Uh, you know, you know what attracts me, the fact that uh, because the rules, the cars now, you have reliability. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And I look back, if in my career, if I would have had the type of reliability you have today, you know, my record would have looked a little bit better, too, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Right. So I said, you know, because my style of driving, I think, is is today. Right. It yeah. was balls Flat out from out. the beginning, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it didn't really... You had to be more patient, more calculated in right. those days, and I, that was not me. Right. You know, I, sometimes I paid dearly for it. But, sure. um, so, but having said that, 
Would I trade that for what I experienced all those decades? Not in your life. Right. Not when, I, when I really reflect right. on it. Right, right. Let's let you get a few bites, so stop making you talk here. And that was Mario Andretti Part 1. As we said, there will be two parts because when Mario Andretti talks, you leave it in. So uh, we decided to break this up into two. Uh, stay tuned for Part 2 coming up right after this song. This is uh, another group that uh, submitted to us called The Soul Jacket. This is a song we thought would be uh, semi-appropriate called Pictures on the Wall. You can find all of this on Spotify. Just uh, look up The Soul Jacket. Enjoy. Cheers one at the gambling with a hair of freezing cold. All the rears for is hanging. Color peaches on the the fire 